0: electricity retail electricity in Texas my dentist gets mad at me I, she heard me say this one time but it's it's about as sexy as going to the dentist <laughs> it just doesn't really energize people you know whether whether they have me help them or they do it they just focus on it themselves you know the, the only silver lining to this occurring is that it did put back in the front of people's consciousness they need to think about their electricity provider.
1: We are here to try to explain to you what it is we do here.
2: The solar industry in the U.S. employs more people than
1: Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter combined. The most valuable commodity I know of is information,
2: wouldn't you agree? Welcome into the Green Insider Podcast, powered by eRenewable. I am your host, Fred Davis, episode 44, the big foe foe coming at you right now. Very excited about what we got going on in today's episode. Jessen Bradshaw, CEO and founder of Energy Ogre, retail energy provider, joining us today. Very excited about what he's got going on. Looking forward to talking to him about what they've got going on at Energy Ogre and just his journey through the energy business, as well as what they're doing with the renewable side of things, because, of course, that's what we do here at The Green Insider Podcast and how that's affecting the retail energy market. So lots to get to there with Jessen, which we'll get to here in just a second. But as we like to do each and every episode, let's hear from our CEO and founder,
1: Mr. Mike Niemer, about what we do here at eRenewable. Hi, Mike Niemer here, president and CEO of eRenewable. At eRenewable, we bring technology to the sustainability space by hosting real-time online auctions for both PPAs and VPPAs. Our electronic management tool helps streamline the RFP process. Whether you are a buyer or a seller of wind, solar, or battery storage, our platform will provide pricing efficiencies to your organization. Additionally, we help customers with microgrid or battery storage development, renewable natural gas by turning waste energy, LED lighting and HVAC efficiency upgrades, unbundled recs, and provide energy advisory services to our customers. Please visit our website at eRenew.net or call us at 1-866-ERENEW-1. As always, thank you for listening to the Green Insider powered by eRenewable. Thank you for that, Mr. Mike Niemer. Once again, you can follow us over at LinkedIn.
2: Check out the website, eRenew.net. And of course, we ask that you all give us a follow over there on all the socials, as the kids say. eRenew 2020 over at both Twitter as well as IG. All right. As we do each and every other week, now let's hear from Mr. Steve Shepard, Executive Director from NEMA, that's the North American Energy Markets Association, for those of you scoring at home, with the bi-weekly NEMA News Minute with the comings and goings of what's going on over at NEMA. Mr.
3: Steve Shepard. Hi, Fred. This is Steve Shepard, Executive Director of the North American Energy Markets Association. Thanks again for the opportunity to provide another NEMA update for the Green Insiders listeners. First, NEMA is very pleased to announce the results of our recent 2021 Board of Directors election. The following candidates were selected for a two-year term. Dean Akey, who will serve as the NEMA Board Secretary from Clone Capital. Jay Alexander, who will serve as the NEMA Board Vice President from TransAlta Energy Marketing. Vince Finley from AEP Energy Partners. Joni Hampson from EDF Renewables. Shamron Kong from Asus Power, and Jim Richardson, who will serve as the name of board president from Avant Energy. In addition, the following board members will continue to serve for the second of their two-year term. Brett Eastep from Tenaska Power Services, Cindy Hammerlin from Elite Clean Energy, Dean Jones from North Point Energy Solutions, Claudia Morrow from Vistra Energy, Bill Nielsen from Uniper Global Commodities, and Karen Scanlon from Manitoba Hydro. I'd like to extend my thanks to all of the candidates and incumbents for their dedication and willingness to serve NEMA and its membership. It's greatly appreciated. As the weather warms up and COVID-related restrictions are starting to be relaxed, excitement is building for the 2021 Fall Conference to be hosted by Customized Energy Solutions in Philadelphia on October 4th through 6th at the Logan Hotel. Registration won't open for several weeks, but be sure to save the dates. Based on feedback from our members, folks are more than ready to get together once again with their friends and colleagues. We are also continuing with our virtual presentation series. Our next presentation is Matt Rogers of Commodity Weather Group presenting summer strategies, what weather could deliver for the season ahead. Matt has a really engaging way of presenting the weather. You won't want to miss it. That presentation will be on Wednesday, May 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern. We're also pleased to announce that Julian Duhlman-Smith from Bank of America will present insights into the 2021 energy market on June 9th at 3 p.m. ET. Julian is a highly sought-after speaker, and we're excited to have him on our schedule of presentations. We'll provide more information on upcoming presentations in our next news minute. We don't have any new RFPs or job opportunities to announce this week. However, please refer to NAMA's website for details on the numerous active RFPs and job opportunities we've highlighted in recent news minutes. That's it for now. We look forward to giving another update sometime soon. Thanks, Fred.
2: Thank you for that, Mr. Steve Shepard. Again, you can catch all of the NEMA information over at NEMA.com. That's N-A-E-M-A.com. If you're not a NEMA member already, find out more about why you need to become a member of the NEMA organization. All right, without further ado, let's jump into episode 44. Here is Jessen Bradshaw, CEO, founder of Energy Ogre, talking about the genesis of Energy Ogre, exactly what they do that separates them from other retail electric providers, as well as how they are assimilating the renewable energy markets into what they do without further ado mr jesson bradshaw
1: what energy over does is great they take your product from your house and they match you up and you need no more work once you sign up they electronically just continue to monitor it as as he said and then give you the best product available once you're approaching your expiration is that a? yeah
0: that's definitely our goal you know some sometimes we have to get a little bit of help from you know, some of these providers, they don't, they don't like us doing this for some folks, So sometimes you gotta go, hey, I need you to just forward me an email you get from these guys or whatever have you. But generally speaking, our whole goal here is to make this as easy as possible. It, it, you know, we all have better things to do with our lives. Our goal is just to make sure that you're always in a fair deal at a fair price. So not just are we putting you in that, we monitor what's happening on a day-to-day basis. So if something were to change materially that said, hey, there's a much better offer that came into the marketplace. You are here, here's where this new opportunity is. We'll do the math for you that said, hey, it's gonna cost you, you know, call it a hundred dollars to break that old contract, but you'll save $300 by transitioning to this new contract we we suggest you do that but it's still your decision if you tell us to move forward we'll go ahead and try to execute that for you we just want to make sure we're keeping folks out of the ditch you know the the whole goal is to give you a little bit more peace of mind that it's handled to the greatest extent possible you know we're 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 just going to monitor what you're doing we we try to look and say hey you have a weird you have a weird consumption blip here or, or like You have a huge deviation from what you were doing normally is something going on and we see that from time to time where someone said oh yeah well i had these guys come out and install an electric water heater they 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 changed out my water heater i'm like yeah well they didn't do it correctly because you have a ground problem and you know so we see that from time to time and that's that's one of the things we try to do as well federal government basically deregulated the wholesale markets nationwide and that had not been the case previously and so I was lucky enough to start my career right in the very beginning stages of the change in the the mid 90s. So at that time, you know, definitely right place at the right time, got into the ground floor, one of the, you know, top three marketing companies in the space. And back then, like a lot of these industries, when they first get started, I was lucky enough also not only to be there at the ground floor. but you got a lot of experience because things hadn't gotten so specialized. So you did a little bit of everything. You did trading and scheduling and all of the mucking the horse dolls aspects of it, as well as all the glorious things associated with it. So uh, the folks that were in there that of that kind of era, we, we were really lucky that we We're participants in making the rules and we were participants in how this is how this all needs to work out. And we're part of the evolution of these markets over time and uh, looking at the way these sort of specialize. So I was very fortunate. I started my career uh, predominantly trading, so doing logistics work around scheduling, whatever have you. But I really started my career in the trading side. Uh, specifically in power. And so that was a newly formed and we figured out how to write the contracts and what we wanted the terms and conditions to look like, kind of like how NYMEX has their terms. We did the same thing for the over-the-counter stuff. Enron collapsed. It, I wasn't with Enron, but I was with a competitor company. And it kind of changed the face of the industry. And uh, myself and another guy that I worked with, one of my peers over there, we realized that you know there were a lot of these companies that had been building speculative merchant generation capacity, but they didn't have the ability to bring fuel or take power away. They didn't know how to do the logistics around that. And we had a very large portfolio for the company that I worked for, and we used to manage third-party assets, but, um, that was all changing. So we got really excited about the opportunity to provide that as a service to a lot of these people that didn't really understand that business. So in 2003, I started that business, uh, left with with my partner. We started that business and uh, started managing power plants here in Texas. And we had power plants in California and New York and uh, all over the place. It was a great business. uh, Loved it. So we grew those businesses. We got very, very focused on the retail side. And we grew those businesses um, for the next several years. I sold those businesses to a Canadian company in 2012. That was, that was kind of the indoctrination and the power generation. And um, most of us on the wholesale side don't ever get a chance to really get into the retail business. And so um had some, had some interesting insight on both where I started my career and spent the bulk of my time. And then having this retail electricity business uh, that we you know, fostered and grew and, and, and ultimately ended up selling gave me a lot of insights on what worked well and what didn't work well. And that was really kind of the genesis of Energy Ogre is all the things I wish that I could have been able to communicate through to my customers as a retailer or the things that were kind of a problem, how do I solve those as a third party or how do I solve those as, a, as an agent, a subject matter expert working kind of exclusively for the customer? We got approached by you know a larger player in the retail space that said, uh, we like what you built and we want to buy it. We talked to you know our partners and and given everything you know we'd been together for a long time and said yeah it's probably probably a good deal so uh, we ended up selling that retail business that we had two main main brands but we sold those at that time frame and then part of that was they were supposed to absorb the the senior executive ranks and uh, I was supposed to go over there and, and I did for about a year and. It, it wasn't for me. So I had to uh, go back out and, and look for something else to do. Um, you know, there's the parts of that, that that are great. I mean, there's definitely some aspects of a larger organization with all the, the heft and the resources associated with that that can make you know success easier. I struggled a little bit with this particular organization because I at that time, and I don't think that's the way they are set up today it seemed like they were very focused on sales and marketing and I was really more of an energy person. Like I, I wanted to go build power plants. you know, given, given the way their portfolio was set up, there were a couple of things that were blindingly obvious to me that needed to be done. And, you know, it's not that they disagreed, they just weren't ready yet for some of that. And it just, you know, it's always hard as a, as a sort of new folks coming into a pre-existing leadership team uh, in, in a hierarchy sometimes that I was like, mm, this may not be for me. <laughs> the energy ogre, the genesis of that is sort of interesting. I mean, on the one hand, what I would say is what we're doing here and what our mission is, these are kinds of things that were obvious to me that needed to be fixed when when we were in the retail business directly, right? So you know, here's a good example. You know, is, is any business person? So you can you can do well with one or two different strategies. You, if you have like highly sophisticated customers, it allows you to do really sophisticated things that you can make margin on too, right? Just because you have a very educated customer, it means that you can start to do higher order kinds of things. Like for example, an example that would be. If you're in the middle of a contract let's say that you signed up for a 12-month contract in an office building and the market price of power collapses on the wholesale side oftentimes your your broker or your maybe your retail partner will come to you and say hey there's an opportunity i know your contract still goes for another six months or it goes for another year or whatever but there's been a material change in the wholesale market what if we tacked more time on the back end of that contract? What if we did what they would call a blend and extend, for example? So we take advantage of the lower price commodity to put more term on your contract, if that makes sense. That's not super sophisticated, but that's a very commonplace thing that occurs in the commercial business. In the retail space, it's, it's hard to get people's attention to focus on their retail electricity contract to begin with. And I think there are a lot of people that would be confused if you said, hey, let's tack on another nine months. And what we're going to do is we're going to drop the overall price of power. I need you to follow up with me within... 24 hours, like it, there, their there execution hurdles associated with doing some of these other things that are beneficial for the customer and allows the retailer to retain that customer for a longer period of time. So as we sat there and we would see, like, I have all these customers that, that have contracts for the next eight, nine months, but there's a great opportunity for us to really push another year onto those contracts or whatever, uh, because of the way the wholesale market is changing. It's a, there's an execution problem with, with the residential customers as a general rule. Also, there were things that you know by statute the way w- the way things are set up here, and you know I give the the framers of the of Senate Bill Seven a tremendous amount of credit. What what they what they did was an amazing job from um, the way the law is set out, and it's been you know modified over time as appropriate the tools that were embedded in this are extremely consumer friendly. So there, there is a, the, the consumer has the high end of almost any legitimate situation that goes, goes on with either the wires provider. They just, it it's very, it's very tilted in favor of the consumer. But one of the things that that's embedded in that was, Hey, no retailer is going to be able to sign you up for a win-year contract that just auto renews at the end of that one year. So the way this whole thing was set up it it assumed that the consumer is going to be kind of actively engaged in this whole purchasing process and as we found what ended up happening is that a lot of people get busy with their life and other kinds of things and they might forget and because that retailer can't renew them into a new contract they're going to fall into a variable rate a month to month rate it's it's not because they're trying to punish them it's just the way it's all set up and so that was a big issue for me. Like if I have a bunch of customers that are coming out of contract as a retailer in April or May, and I'm trying to get them to sign up for something or do something else, I can't, I can't shut their power off when they come out of contract. I just get to roll them to a different rate structure. I know that if it comes out to be a super duper hot summer, they're gonna be paying a higher rate. <laughs> And they're you know and they're going to have a higher volume and they're going to turn around and say well you were just trying to you're trying to get me you know you're trying to punish me because i didn't sign up for a contract that's not the way it works at all so you also have a hard time as a retailer you're trying to figure out because you're not buying your power on a day-to-day basis if i've got a customer for that i've got contract for the next 12 months from a prudency perspective i've got to go try to hedge that wholesale requirement for that entire term i'm trying to put as much together back to back as i can And if I've got a customer that just rolls to a month to month with me, I don't know how long I can go out and pre-hedge that. And so if I get stuck with it and then they go away, then I got to turn around and resell that wholesale power. I could be selling at a loss. It's very difficult to manage as as a retailer. And so there's a lot of risk premium and some of these other things that are better than these products to try to account for that but if i had someone like if i were retail and i had someone like energy ogre okay well maybe these guys are always going to be on my lowest cost my lowest I, i'm not going to be able to ratchet someone into a renewal rate that's you know in, in the high end of the of the category i know they're always going to be in my most competitive products but i know that if there's an opportunity to do blend and extend i can negotiate i can i can contact energy ogre as the agent for that Customer, and we can do that. We, I can make more margin. That customer can get a a, a break in in their in their rates. It, I know that these guys are not going to fall out of contract, so I know that I'm not going to get stuck in this in this you know decision box about do I hedge it, do I not hedge it? Are these guys going to be around or not going to be around? And so you know, there's a way. There, there's definitely I could have made more margin, and I could have had happier customers if I had uh, someone that was in there assisting these customers making these decisions. And so. That notion of always wanting to do that was there, like the real, the real reason from a business perspective to do that. We go out and we pull every 10 minutes, every rate that we can get a hold of, our systems can go in and pull all those rates down. It can build them up by their fax label. And we can look at all these rates on a completely apples to apples basis. So it's not what they're saying. Because what happens is if you look at a retailer in an advertisement, they'll show you what the number is at 500 kilowatts or 1,000 and 2,000. We actually have to go back and calculate. Here's where it is at 1 kilowatt, 2 kilowatts, 3 kilowatts. So we actually create their curves. And so we're constantly regenerating these curves, making sure those are still good. They're still offered on their website. They're still offered in whatever, whatever the the, uh, the the online portal is for that. And so we get them all into one place. And and we had this secondary thing that was kind of an interesting, I I think of it as kind of the second revolution of the competitive market here in Texas, we moved to smart meters. And that's a huge game changer in terms of not having one customer subsidize the other, because prior to that, we just had these demand meters and the state grid operator would tell us, well, here's, I know that you got a a meter read on, on April 30th, uh, and it went to May 29th, but we actually are settling these markets on a wholesale basis every 15 minutes. And so they actually were creating these profiles that's, that's kind of cross subsidization of all the residential. And then once we went to the the smart meters, you actually had a recording of every 15 minutes for each one of these locations. So now everyone has a unique consumption profile. So now if everyone's got a unique demand profile, I can put that against these several thousand you know, they got demand curve i got several thousand supply curves now it's a, a much more simple math exercise for us to to settle on the one that just results in the lowest cost to serve that particular demand profile and so that's that's what the big that, that's what took us a little bit longer to to be able to get there
1: to make that work cost effectively here on the green insider we're about renewable products in your residential space are you seeing more and more people ask for renewable product? Or is that a sector that's yet to start growing in the residential side?
0: I, I think it is. I, I, we do see that more. Um, we see that. It's interesting. I, I see that a lot more out of our North Texas customer base, uh, a little bit less down here in, in south, the s- southern end of the, of the state. Uh, It's one of the preferences when when folks sign up wherever possible. Like if you say that's an important preference for you to find a renewable product. The the nice thing about renewable in Texas is that, you know, it's done through renewable energy credit uh, accounting. And so each any of these products can really be made to become a renewable product by matching the renewable energy credits along with the energy consumption. And so um, there are a lot of options. That's the nice thing where we're not really pigeonholed into some of these things. Virtually any of these providers can make a product, a renewable product for a slight premium. And so we try to do that as much as possible.
1: And when you say slight premium, if you were to cuff what that percent is of the premium, what do you think it is?
0: Well, you know, it's maybe, it should be no more than three to 5%. It really shouldn't be uh the renewable energy credits uh you know because we have so much renewable generation capacity in texas and if you look at the slate of what's what's scheduled to come on over the course of the next five years virtually all of it's renewable um so you know we i don't, I don't know i'm sure you're very familiar with with the way the wholesale market is structured and 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 the constituency of, of wind capacity in texas but you know we have i think over 25 Twenty-seven thousand megawatts of nameplate wind capacity. And it's just growing on a year-to-year basis, and you know we have a little over ninety thousand megawatts of installed. So it's a very, very large. I mean, it doesn't all run at the same time, but on a nameplate basis, it's a very large percentage of our capacity here. And the the solar is growing on an annual basis by leaps and bounds, which is actually a good thing because the way our wind actually produces and the way the solar actually produces, they, they actually are are a very nice fit with each other to give us more certainty of outcome. But it's whether folks buy the, the, the renewable products to support that technology, the, the, the interesting thing is that that technology is being deployed whether you're paying a premium to support it or not, which is an interesting insight where I think a lot of people that's one of the concerns that I have is folks have great motivations, great ideas. They really want to be part of a solution. And, you know, there are some folks that want to want to make a margin on doing some of that. So, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is it's, it's relatively straightforward for any of these retailers to provide the products that they're providing their customers on a renewable basis. And, you know, it should not be a gargantuan premium for you to insist on that from your provider. You know your business inside and out. How do you
2: convince the masses that, you know, this is something they all, we all need electricity. I mean, we've all learned that. So how, what was kind of your sales pitch? How did you and your team go about telling people to know, this is why you need us?
0: You know, the good news is I think starting with, you know, folks that we knew uh, from a friends and friends and family perspective, the, the, the most positive thing about this is, so like if, if we're providing a solution that that saved you $50 a year, hmm, you, you might be interested but you know from a time spent perspective it's just it's just probably not worth your time right. but the fact of the matter is a lot of folks if you look at where they are versus where they should be the difference between them falling into these variable rates or having been renewed on on you know a ratcheted renewal rate the the value of getting back into the into the very ultra competitive environment it's a huge difference i mean some folks, I mean, the highest annual savings I've ever seen, we've saved like some of these folks over $20,000 a year. That's the highest that we've seen. For a lot of folks, it's gonna be in the multiple hundreds, you know, you know. sometimes we see 500, 600, 1,000, 2,000. So the, 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 the thing that helps is that there's a material savings in moving from where people they don't they don't realize that they're in that much of an uncompetitive kind of situation. So the fact that the value proposition is so large, I think, helped with uh, our initial the, the the folks that first started doing this that were even the first the first people our friends and family had introduced. They became like, I can't believe this! I've never had to build it, and so they became really uh our biggest advocates they shared their experiences we were able to work uh because we're consumer focused and we're 100 percent aligned with our customers uh, we started working with the the consumer reporters the local consumer advocates yeah. you know the folks on the television stations and like hey this is here's what here check this out if you're interested in saving your viewers money or sharing a story with them about something here's what we can do. And so that really helped us. And when you have folks that are engaged like that, that are, that are really like, it was, we're very fortunate that so many of our customers are really brand ambassadors for us. I mean, they literally tell all their friends and family because they want them to be able to be in a good situation as well. So that's, that's been far more effective than us ever putting a billboard up or, you know, we still do, you know, traditional advertising, yeah. but it just pales in comparison to how energized our customer base has always been about sharing their experiences with, with folks that they know.
2: Speaking of that, how energized were they when uh, we all, you know, had to endure ERCOT and how did you guys maneuver and, and uh, wade through that mess a few months ago?
0: I, I've heard it said and it's it's true, if you, if you understand how the wholesale market works, I mean, having gargantuan price excursions is an inevitability in, in some of this space. And so that's why, you know, there are some other companies that were trying to sell some other index-based products, like, you know, there was a company called Gritty that was around that was selling, you know, uh, a balancing energy index product that made no sense for residential customers. Our folks were all in all in fixed price contracts, and so uh, they, they didn't they might have used more electricity because they had more heating requirements, but the pr- the rate that they were paying was not was not going to change on them. So they were all protected. The biggest issue that we had with that was uh, there were so many stories that were going around virally, you know, of, of someone that's literally like I, I I feel bad for a lot of these guys that were buying these um, you know index real time index based products. I think that the total number of folks that were doing that in the entire state was sub 30,000 people. So in the context of, you know, seven and a half million households, it's not that big of a number, but it's a big deal to the folks that were dealing with it. I can tell you that much, but you know, the, the, that, that kind of stuff was, you know, in the media where someone's, you know, there was one here, center point made a billing mistake on gas. And I think some customer got a $200,000 gas bill. And so those things lead and then people start talking. You know, they're sharing their gritty bills, and they've got you know, seven thousand dollars for you know two days worth of electricity use, and so it creates a panic and an angst in the customer base. So that's the biggest thing we dealt with. Is you know, we had the surge in telephone calls and a surge in, in communications, and for us, you know, we always in, in a normal state. I want to make sure that if someone calls us, a human being answers. Uh, you know, within a couple of minutes we don't want people hanging on the phones we just got so overwhelmed and so crushed by uh by you know everyone calling just to make sure they were still in good shape um so the good news is we knew they were the bad news is i couldn't always you know so we we're trying to send out mass information so you know i've i've added a third more staff here in the last you know which is you know i've added you know a ton of people just to make sure that you know when folks are calling we we're able to get through to them we got got a train them and, and get them where they can be efficient at, at communicating with the customers. But it's good, you know, the, 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 the silver lining to some of this also is that, you know, electricity, retail electricity in Texas, it's, um, my dentist gets mad at me. I, she heard me say this one time, but it's, it's about as sexy as going to the dentist. <laughs> it just doesn't really energize people. You know, whether, whether they have me help them or they do it, they just focus on it themselves. The the nice thing about, you know, the, the only silver lining to this occurring is that it did put back in the front of people's consciousness, they need to think about their electricity provider, right? And so it, as opposed to people being asleep and, you know, because a lot of people what will end up happening is they'll select a provider, they'll put it on auto pay, and then they'll forget about it yeah. unless they're moving or something, they just don't pay attention to it anymore. So they might fall out a contract they may be in this horrible rate, uh, horrible structure, but, um, you know, because it's on auto pay, they're not seeing it. It's just getting debited out of their accounts. And, you know, if they, you know, if we have a, a, a super hot summer and all of a sudden they were like, well, wait a second, I just was listening to their, that. That bill was 900 bucks or that was a $600 electric. What wait? Or if you're talking to somebody else, where they're like, well, wait, so you pay $300 in the summer. Why am I paying? Well, look, I think I pay like six or 900. And so it just takes something like that for someone to, it's just not, it, you know, we're all busy. We all have more important things to do. If it, if there's a little bit of a ain't broke, you know,
2: broke, don't, don't fix it. Exactly. Trust me. I get it.
0: So, you know, we're just, that's the biggest issue that we have is trying to get through to people to say, look. That's fine. Our whole goal is for you to not have to worry about it. Just let us get in here and manage it for you. Or if you don't want us to do it, put a reminder on your calendar. I got to go look at this once a year and don't snooze on it, just do it, you know, and, and you'd be amazed at how much you save. And that's the way this whole thing should actually work. Get you out of here with this. So what's the
2: next item up for bid for uh, Energy Ogre? and What are you guys looking to take out next?
0: Yeah, I think one of the neat things, you know, I know that, uh, you know, renewables is a real passion for you all. And it is, I think it's an interesting to watch this evolution because we're, we're really kind of at the forefront of a very big sea change that's going to happen in energy across the board so some of it's happening because you have some political push i I don't think that really lasts what's happening is there's actually a confluence of technology that the and and the situation you know someone's asking me for hey what do you think about renewable energy and at the end of the day look let's just we have to we have to contend with what's the footprint and what is we can't just say it's this you have to look at all the inputs and everything else to look at that but in my view, what I've seen over my career in, in, in energy is, uh, you know, there were some old coal plants that were not super duper efficient, and then they got displaced and replaced by much more efficient ones. And then we had natural gas plants that came in to displace some of the inefficient coal stuff. And then we got even more efficient natural gas plants. So it's been about dispatch economics. The, the guys that have the lowest variable costs, they tend to win. And we've seen that over the years, over and over and over and over again. Well, the nice thing about, uh, about renewables is the variable cost to produce the energy is actually, there's no cost, right? It's all fixed. Or there's very, very small variable costs. You might say there's a maintenance accrual that has to come up with that. So it, basically the fuel is free. If you think about that in the context of all the other, all things being equal, and they're not, because there's definitely the energy density of what you can get out of a a dispatchable generation plant, having it there when you know it needs to be there. But all things being equal, as you start to to solve for some of the technological hurdles, what you'll find is some of these renewables, any, any of these technologies where the variable cost to produce energy, the fuel is free or close to free, Just on simple economics, we can all agree that those should win in the the long enough horizon. So what we're seeing is I think what will happen is we'll start talking about energy storage, energy storage devices, and whether that comes through lithium ion or there's there's a which I think is probably the wrong solution for residential and grid scale. Like there's there's some reasons why I think that that's kind of a little bit of a waste of resources. But, you know, these technologies, they're changing rapidly. And once you can start to, to really store electricity on, on a material basis, that's gonna be a big game changer for the way all of this stuff works. And I, and I feel like we're kind of on the precipice of that. At the same time, um, these technologies of communications and how our appliances work and how we actually consume electricity, like for our entire time that we've ever used electricity, we don't pay attention to when we're using energy we just don't. So the more the more kind of variable output that we have less control over on, on our resource mix, it actually puts a big premium on how the end users change or modify their consumption behavior to try to match that a little bit better so we don't have these big disconnects. So that's the new forefront. I think having smart assets in the home, and we're definitely part of that we are working is very, very hard on that. So not just managing your your, your supply side, but how can we help you manage your demand side? Because if I can get your demand working a certain way, it's gonna lower your supply cost materially. It's all hand in glove. So we're very, very focused on that of uh, what types of, uh, what types of appliances, what types of assets in the home can we help you just manage that you don't have to worry about they just, they just work. It works in conjunction with your supply situation to lower your costs. And so um, I think I think the behind the meter stuff and working with residential and how energy storage will work in the home, those, those are all very, uh, they're almost breakout technologies. A lot of the parts and pieces, kind of like where Energy Ogre was, there were parts and pieces there, but it was waiting for the technology to catch up. And I think we're kind of in the same boat with the way these things are working. And we're definitely going to be a part of that.
2: Thank you for that, Mr. Justin Bradshaw. You can catch all of the Green Insider Podcast over at Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget about the Power Chat. That's every Friday where we get you in and out for 10 minutes or less. We continue our Green Insider at Greentown Labs this week where we welcome Miss Anna Dye from Verea Energy going to join us. Very excited about that. And of course, she's talking all things rodeo tech here in houston as well so lots of good stuff going on got to thank mike nemer and the entire e-renewable crew as well as our our strategic partner over at intelometry energy software innovator intelometry brand new strategic partnership with them. We've been partnered up with them since last month. A lot of good stuff they're doing over there. That's intelometry.com. If you don't know about them, give them a follow on LinkedIn and find out more about how they can help you with your energy software needs. Thank you once again for listening to the Green Insider Podcast. And we ask you one last time that if you check us out on Apple iTunes, give us a five star rating. Why? Because we promise you'll learn more about renewable energy after you listen to us than you did before you stopped by. This has been the Green Insider Podcast powered by eRenewable. we make going green easier.